Welcome back again to... What is this called? Worlds Beyond with Cam and Ron. Worlds Beyond with Cam and Ron, of course. Thanks everybody for joining us again on this week's episode. We are reviewing and reacting to a couple of current films that just came out that we were excited to see in the theater. Just a little side note, I don't know how people feel. I was very excited to get back to going to the theater post-pandemic. I will say overall, over time, my movie watching experience has evolved. I'm not, I don't find it as essential to go to the theater as I used to back in the day. and, And mainly just because of the availability of streaming. Everyone's got great gigantic TVs. And so for me, I'm content. If there's a movie that I want to see that's that I'm mildly interested in, typically I'm content to wait and just watch it when it comes out on streaming. Uh, For big movies, what are big movies to me, like MCU movies, movies that are super heavy special effects and just, you know, really those visual spectacles, those I definitely want to go to the theater for. So obviously Marvel movies, the Universal Godzilla Monsterverse movies that have been coming out lately, and examples like today's films, Dune and Last Night in Soho. Two very different films. Two very different films. Good, Both good films to see in the theater for different reasons. I think they're both uh, very cinematic in nature. Yes. So, Cam, starting off with Dune, directed by who? Dennis Villanueva. Dennis Villa, Villanueva. Yeah, he All did... Right. Arrival. I did not know that. He did Blade Runner 2049. Oh, wow. Okay. He did Prisoners with Jake Gyllenhaal. That was a few years ago. The TV show? No. Oh. Uh, a couple I'm thinking, other. I'm thinking of the, prison, the TV show Prison Break, which oh, I no, never no. watched. But. Uh, uh, yeah. He has a very strong track record, so people were very excited for this film. Enjoyed Arrival. Very, I was, I've heard great things about Blade Runner, but also that it's wicked long mm. so i don't know if i have the patience for that I... well i that's kind of what i was thinking going into doing that it was going to be long and boring but i was proven wrong i was pleasantly surprised it was very enthralling uh i thought it probably could have been trimmed 10 15 minutes here or there but i was surprised at just how approachable that they made this kind of very strange science fiction universe and they had already tried doing a movie once in 1984, which we watched a little bit of, and they weren't nearly as successful. Although I will say I was surprised at how similar they were. Uh, but I really enjoyed just being thrown into this crazy universe that's so far in the future. I didn't realize it was 10,000 or so years in the future, which almost makes everything completely alien, even though we're dealing with humans. Uh, But it was just really cool to see this new science fiction universe that I was fairly unfamiliar with. And the special effects obviously were outstanding. And the sound was earth shattering. So I think this is definitely one that people are going to want to see in the theater. Absolutely. Same. Had some trepidation about such a huge story. (laughs) I remember being handed Dune in my freshman biology class in high school. I don't know why. (laughs) It related to biology, but uh, they gave it to us and I was like, oh my God, this thing's so huge and long. And of course, I I didn't actually read it, Mm -hmm. uh, but obviously familiar with the story. So I would say this was a big, epic, beautiful, huge, great sense of scope. Very loud. You commented on that it was really loud. 
uh, and a really interesting, different score by Hans Zimmer, who's done a lot of other movies, and he has those familiar, very heroic, great themes, and this was really kind of really different. Overall, though, if you're interested in seeing a big, epic space opera type movie that's not that's sort of very artful uh, has enough action to definitely keep uh, folks engaged who are interested in sort of action movies great cast isaacs timothy chalamet rebecca ferguson josh brolin zendaya jason momoa dave batista plenty of star power for folks who are looking for that there was a lot of hype surrounding this movie and I immediately am skeptical about that when the kind of elitist film bros pile on a movie and get so excited that there's something other than Marvel coming out. But I think it's possible to like both Marvel and Dune, and I do. I think that the exposition could have been trimmed a little bit. I know that Dune is supposedly the super hard property to adapt because there's so much just crazy mm-hmm, lore mm-hmm. and backstory and everything. But I think all of the stuff that was explained in the movie explicitly was kind of obvious. So like all of those scenes where Paul is watching the educational videos about Arrakis and all that, all of that yeah. felt super telegraphed, but there was still so much in this movie that they just throw right at you that probably needed to be explained, like the Bene Gesserits being mm-hmm. this witch like, I didn't know there was any supernatural powers in Dune until seeing the movie. Right, right. And they totally just throw that at you. But then they explain all the easy stuff to understand, like the fr- Fremen on Arrakis and sandworms and stuff. It seemed like everything that they were explaining didn't need to be explained. Right, right. So that could have all been cut out and it would have been more of a just kind of blast of information and that kind of alien world that you're just trying to take in as much as possible and that's what i loved about it was it was just throwing all of this crazy stuff at you with with enough kind of context that it didn't it made sense but it's you still didn't kind of it kind of ignited your imagination almost in the same way that star wars does with a lot of those shots of aliens and weird stuff but but then it just moves on. So I think Dune did a really good job with that. In particular, I loved at the beginning when the Spacing Guild approaches uh, the king there, Oscar yeah. Isaac. Uh, what 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 was there? Atreides. And I love that they had those huge space helmets on right. that were obscuring presumably some sort of mutation due to the spice. Uh, so there was a lot of just cool stuff. And I think it would have been enhanced and shortened if you just got rid of some of the obvious exposition. Uh, but otherwise, I thought it was very enthralling. You have characters that are kind of hard to relate to and aren't very humanized, but it kind of works in that way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's so far flung in the future. Right. Um, and, and yeah, no, I think they did a good job kind of condensing all of the what seemed to be the essential points of the story into something that is watchable on film. Because like I said, we were watching the original 1984 Dune, Hmm. which was shockingly very similar in in structure to the new film, but just for some reason just didn't seem to to get it as much as as, uh, this one does. Yeah, no, uh, it was interesting. And, And... you're surprised that I, you know, I, we were both surprised as we, we didn't get all the way through the 1984. Mm, yeah. I don't we think we should. A, a good chunk of it enough to see that a lot of the narrative beats mm-hmm. 
were the same. Even right down to dialogue, too. Right, exactly. And so while in a way, okay, wow, this movie really took a lot of cues from that movie. But then, I guess in essence, when you try to boil down a big, huge, monstrous book like this, uh, there's obviously the important scenes that, you know, would probably naturally occur to both directors that we need to cover this, we need to cover that. Right. No, I agree. But I was surprised because I thought people didn't like 1984 or five, whatever year it came out, Dune, because it was so different from the book. So I was shocked to see just how much, how similar they were when supposedly Dune is so hard to adapt that the original film version of it was so far removed from the actual book. But that didn't seem to be the case. I mean, like I said, we only saw the first half, about probably the first half of the original story of the original uh, movie, but then we also really only saw the first half of the story in the new Dune. So I'd be inter- I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah, it was it was interesting to how this movie was presented, and it, it's been this movie has been coming out forever. Obviously, it was pandemic delayed, and it was interesting how it was presented as a big epic adaptation of Dune. And then when you sit down in the movie theater, it's a, and the title comes up, it's Dune Part One. Yeah, and it totally leaves on a cliffhanger. They really, I that was I guess my one other kind of issue with it was the kind of narrative structure was a little bit all over the place. There didn't really seem to be much of a resolution to anything by the end of this movie. It's mostly all set up, which I think brings it down a little bit but because it's so enthralling and so interesting yeah i'm definitely up for watching the ne- the next film and like i said i think people generally speaking some people may find it a little slow and ethereal and kind of but i think most people like i said it moved along i was able to follow the story and i was afraid that i wasn't going to be able to follow the story uh i definitely felt as though yes it is it was kind of a long setup um, but i'm interested to see the next chapter yeah i'm excited uh, for the next one and i wasn't before seeing it so that right that's, so there uh, you go so that so i'd perhaps. say yeah thumbs up and uh it succeeded in what it was trying to do so next up is a film by edgar wright who was the original director of ant-man and has done several other films, which I'm sure you'll tell us about, Cam. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm not as familiar with him outside of the MCU or his role, his early role in the MCU. But Last Night in Soho, what is your initial reaction? Well, yeah, I, like I was saying to you earlier, I think Last Night in Soho might be my favorite movie of 2021. I Everything worked for me. And actually, that's not the first time an Edgar Wright movie has made it to the top of my list in 2013. His movie, The World's End, was my favorite film. And yeah, no, he's known for doing a whole range of different genres. He started out with Shaun of the Dead and then moved into Hot Fuzz and World's End, which are kind of all horror comedies in different ways. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Shaun of the Dead is a zombie movie. Uh, Hot Fuzz is a bit more of a thriller, but also combined with police procedural elements. And then uh, The World's End is, as the title implies, an apocalyptic movie, but they all have comedy through them. But I was really excited for Last Night in Soho because this is the first time he's done just a straight horror movie. And 
just everything from the character writing to the plot and the cinematography and just the atmosphere. Everything was absolutely stellar. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. Obviously, very stylistic. Uh, I would almost call it more of a psychological thriller than a straight-up horror movie, but it's got those, definitely got those those elements to it. And I would say if you're somebody who hears the term psychological thriller and thinks, okay, I'm going to like not know what the heck's going on, this was all, the story was all laid out in a very straightforward fashion. So even though there's lots of crazy stuff going on, it's really easy to follow and a really interesting story that pulls you along some might say the setup was a little bit long others might just call it thorough but yeah overall i really enjoyed this one kind of building off what you just said it was a little bit long but it was very thorough in setting up all of the different characters Uh, and i think it was definitely better for that like it probably takes a good 20 to maybe even 30 minutes before like the main plot of the movie Mm -hmm, gets mm -hmm. going but during all that you're learning about the main character and getting introduced to characters who kind of feel superfluous at first, but then end up actually having a pretty big role to play. So getting more into spoilers, I do think that it was a psychological thriller for the first like hour and a half. And then the last 20 minutes, I'd say just go straight horror with almost like those faceless ghosts following Mm -hmm, her mm -hmm. around and, and hands coming out from the, from the floorboards and grabbing her. And the movie is fairly bloodless up until the end when it goes full horror and then it gets a little bit bloody, not super gory or anything. But that's what I loved about it is it was a slow build, but there was still so much thriller and psychological stuff going on that it was so enthralling all the way through. And from a technical standpoint too, just the way they filmed the different mirror shots where... Anya Taylor-Joy would be looking at a mirror at Thomas and Mackenzie or vice versa. And then even more impressive to me were the scenes where Sandy was dancing with Matt Smith Mm -hmm. and the camera would kind of turn around them and it would switch from Anya Taylor-Joy to Thomas and Mackenzie and just all the different visuals. I loved when she goes through the alleyway and it opens up into Soho and you have the Thunderball poster and all the bustle and the music, I thought all of that was incredible. It really made me want to go to London. Yeah. And not that I have ever have anything against London, but I don't really have the desire to go there any more than any other place in the world. But that really, I think you could tell how much care and love was put into getting all the details just right. And I think it really just enhanced the film to be more than just a typical thriller or horror film. Yeah, I think definitely it, it, this is a movie that will make you want to go to London. It just paints just what I'm excited. I've been a few times. It's, it is a really fun and exciting city. And yeah, I loved the story, the sort of, I won't call it time travel, but sort of time hopping in the in these dreamlike sequences. The characters were great. I love Matt Smith. He's my probably second favorite Doctor Who Um I thought Anya Taylor-Joy, obviously she's getting the billing because she's the number one star. She's a bigger star, yeah. Even though Thomas and Mackenzie, who plays Eloise, is probably the the main character. Mm -hmm. But their performances were great. Anya Taylor-Joy, I've been watching, you know, we we started watching her in The Witch Mm -hmm. in 2015. Yeah, we've been with her for, I can't believe it's been that long. It feels like a new movie, but yeah. I know, I saw a really bad 
movie that she was in, but she was very good in it called Morgan, which where she played this like enhanced assassin that was hmm. being grown. She was great in Emma. She was good in New Mutants, and obviously everybody loves the Queen's Gambit. She was tremendous in that. But she's not sort of front and center in this film. She's more of a supporting character. Mm-hmm. But just the way she was handled, I thought the way the movie has a great twist at the end. Yeah, definitely. A lot of misdirection. The character Eloisa Thomas and Mackenzie plays is that classic unreliable narrator who mm-hmm. actually turns out to be kind of reliable right. towards the end yeah. of the film. And there are some really great stakes where you're like, okay, I don't know how she's going to get out of this mm-hmm. and recover from this. And then right. the way it all gets spun is really tremendous and satisfying. Yeah, and just to kind of finish up and build off of what you were saying, the I don't want to get too much into the twist because I think those really make the film, but there's kind of the initial... I don't want to... Maybe it's not even so much of a twist, but it, it's kind of... The movie kind of goes where you think it's going to go. And then I was like, okay, so is that it? Is that the big finale? That was, and But then... There's much more to it. And then the ultimate twist is actually pretty, I don't want to say mind-blowing because it is actually very telegraphed once you look back, but it comes out of nowhere. So I was I was pleasantly surprised. The only thing that I was wondering about is there's a scene, and this is a minor spoiler, there's a scene where she's kind of in a trance and she's holding scissors and she almost stabs that girl. Yeah, and mean girl. <laughs> luckily her kind of love interest stops her like just inches away from stabbing her. But then at the end of the movie, it seems like they've made up and are totally fine. And there's no repercussions. I'm just thinking if that were to happen in a college these days, I I don't even, it would be a whole scandal. And the person would be, even if they didn't actually stab anybody. So I'm just curious. They didn't actually go into how she got out of that. Not that it's a huge deal. Like the movie wrapped up and I'm glad that it had a happy ending and it was great. But that was just the one thing I was like, Man, she got so close to murdering that girl, and right. now they're friends at the end. And well, obviously, yeah. there was something that happened in between there. But I would be really interested because the reason it was left out of the movie is because how do you even explain that? Right, right, right. But you, the the implication is the reveal of the twist was such a big deal and would be now confirmed by the love interest kid and everything else. Right. And it's like it it gives an explanation for for her behavior, I guess. So, any final thoughts? Um, honestly, not really. I think I covered everything I wanted to. And I just, yeah, I loved it. And I thought it was suspenseful and good. Not a lot of jump scares, but very effective jump scares. But then just the whole movie was very tense and great visuals and everything else. So, yeah. Yeah, the visuals, the whole 1960s London, the soundtrack is tremendous. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's very stylistic, but again, not hard to follow. So if you're all interested in this kind of a psychological thriller with some supernatural elements I would definitely highly recommend seeing Mm -hmm. it definitely an enjoyable watch at the theater so that's a wrap on this episode so we've got coming up some films that we may be seeing Uh, I know I'd like to see the new Bond film you're interested in seeing Antlers that's Mm -hmm. the kind of horror movie that may scare me (laughs) a little bit not like literally scare me but like might get into kind of horror that's a little harder for me to take but I am willing to give it a shot Uh, We've got some ideas just around looking back at some film franchises, looking at adaptions and reboots and remakes and things like that. Mm -hmm. We totally can't wait for Hawkeye. Definitely. Very excited for that. Spider-Man No Way Home. 
is coming up. So a lot on the plate. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you've been enjoying Worlds Beyond with Cam and Ron so far. And if you are, please, on the various apparatuses in which you are listening to us, podcast sites, etc., please give us a follow or a like or a comment and a rating. And thanks for hanging out with us. See you on the next one, guys.